Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, and with me as always, on a steel horse he rides, is Anthony James. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Lovely. We're back! Don't call it a comeback. Um, <laughs> well, it is. It is one. It is a comeback. Um, so, okay... I've got to, I, I'm, I'm just going to lay my cards on the table here. Before we get into our traditional preamble, I'm going to say, last week was my fault. I poisoned myself with chicken. I'm sorry, all right? I'm sorry. It, it, the chicken poisoned you, Conrad, all right? It's not, we're well, not going to let you take the blame. Technically, it did. But I mean, that's sort of like saying that the cyanide poisoned the spy rather than the person who like stabbed him in the leg with an umbrella. Uh, you know, it's sort of, I feel like it's... <laughs> what? Are you I referencing feel, something there? Do you not I remember don't know in the... Was it the 80s? I think it was in the 80s in like the UK. <laughs> there was like some some defected Soviet spy who was killed on a bridge in England because some KGB guys walked past him and stabbed him in the leg with an umbrella that had like a a syringe in the tip. All right. Was that was that in the 80s? I know I know I know, I don't, I know it might not happen. have been the 80s to be fair. And I, that's I, very topical, very topical. But I, I'll is, say yeah. to, to be honest with you, I don't think I'm sure it happened throughout time, throughout history, but in the last sort of five or six years, someone has died from a Russian spy in the UK. So I don't know if that's the exact same thing. If it uh, is, it was it's... that was the Salisbury Novichok. That's yes, poisoning. that's the one. Uh, but yeah, yeah they're yeah, always yeah. at it. They're always bloody at it. Those Russians, um, <laughs> as well, as as well we can see in the world that we're living in at the moment. Um, how are you apart from apart from the the, the grim international state of affairs? Um, well, I, I'm doing I'm doing all right to be honest with you. Um, just chilling away, chilling away. Um, luckily, um, you know, unfortunately for the people of Ukraine, what's happening right now, you know, strength for them. We're in a place, part of the world, which uh, is not is not uh, uh, going through that at the minute. Which, to be honest with you, I'm just counting my lucky blessings at the minute that that's the case. Oh my god! Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so we also have somewhere to flee to should the UK become embroiled in it, because Ireland stays neutral oh, uh well yeah. they didn't they did in world war Two, uh, and if hitler wasn't enough to rile them i don't know if uh if if if, if putin will be we'll see we'll see yeah um, it, it remains to be seen what uh what extremes the world will need to go to to wake the sleeping giant that is ireland um <laughs> well they are taking a lot of refugees in so it's true. not like they're doing nothing they, they they are kind of taking a side but officially on paper that they kind of don't take a side um, a bit like switzerland um but okay so this film I can't wait to talk about it, Conrad. I just okay. want to say one. I just want to say one thing. Go on. Okay. Before we before we do the, the let's get into it. Are we going to give any credence to the mustache man from the end of the Big Lebowski saying Sam Elliott? Did you hear Sam Elliott? Did you hear about his comments? No. What did he say about this movie? He said that uh, cowboys ain't supposed to look like Chippendales. <laughs> what? Like, in in reference to the power <laughs> of the dog? Yes. Who, who in this like movie looks like a Chippendale? Is he talking about Jesse know. Plemons? <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I think he must be being homophobic. But we'll get into that's it. That's a real shame. If that's uh, uh, not twenty four, no, it's more than twenty four hours ago. But it was definitely within the last week. I was talking about how fucking cool Sam Elliott seems, and you know, like how he's like a man that was essentially when you think of an actor who was designed to be typecast in westerns sam elliott is the man that you think of so to hear that is very uh very very depressing if that's if that's the case uh well i, I mean we've started so mm-hmm. let's just get into it what do you say 
<laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll stick the ad. We'll stick the title break in there, or maybe not. Maybe we've just gone straight in. Who? Sometimes knows? we do that. Yeah. Movies. We're here. To, we're back to talk about them. So, okay, we're here to talk about the power of the dog. Pa- that, uh, that was not enunciated well at all. The power of the dog. Uh, power of the dog. A, power of the dog. Power of the dog. Um, <laughs> that was a bit. I, I went a bit sort of Brad Pitt in Snatch there yeah. with that. <laughs> that yeah. <accent. laughs> um, it's an interesting. It, it's it's a it's a very kind of like ambiguous title that reveals itself through the mysteries of the movie. But before we talk about that, I've, we've mm-hmm. got to do our due diligence. We talked a little bit about the Oscars two weeks ago, I think. It's been so long that I can't actually remember if we did, but I assume we did, because what what were we doing if not discussing it at least in brief? The Oscars. <laughs> well, the, we will be like okay. well, we're, well, we're I, going I, to now. Yeah. I'm I'm making oh, a point oh, of doing it. Let's um, do it. So okay. In the space of this is this is hilarious. In the space of two weeks, the Academy has announced <clears throat> that it was cutting uh, the categories of uh, documentary short, editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, live action short, animated short, and sound design from its TV broadcast. Uh, basically, replicating some plans that it came up with the year before. That when they announced it, everyone said, "Hey, fuck off!" Um, and then they rolled it back. They've announced it again this year, and then within a week. Everyone said once again, "Hey, fuck off!" Like this isn't just about you know the, the, maybe cut down on the enor- like enormous speeches and like the big red carpet sections and and like before you start getting rid of these uh, these less popular I guess categories. Um, and they backpedaled once again to say they will be in the broadcast, but they're just going to cut them down massively um, because they. Well, they they don't want to show people like walking up to the stage. They'll be interspersed throughout the broadcast. And um, when pushed, the Academy spokesperson uh, said, when asked whether all the like A-list presenters and celebrities would be present while these awards were being presented, uh, they 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 confirmed that no, they would not because they the all the celebrities would be, still be out on the red carpet. So they're being big. <laughs> they're being the bigger person the academy oh and they're saying God. i'll tell you what we'll leave it on tv but they'll be presented <laughs> in front of an empty room how about that and and uh is this is this because the actors are complaining that they have to wait around while all these well, nobodies get all their uh thing i mean their, that they might be doing that but the, the problem is is that last year's oscars um the 2021 oscars were the lowest rated in history and there's basically a push to keep the broadcast under three hours so they're trying to find a way to shorten mm-hmm. it um and rather than maybe cut out all of the bullshit that is in the Oscars presentation, uh, they have decided to just cut categories. And and like, I don't I don't like the idea of like ranking the importance of categories, but editing, editing's really important yeah. <laughs> to a movie. That's like, I, I you know, I'm not I'm not saying I could understand like makeup and hairstyling going or documentary short going because they're all important. But editing is like you might as well fucking ditch cinematography at that point. Like, what are we doing, here, guys? I I uh, when I watch I don't know about you, Connor. When I watch the Oscars, right, I am waiting for now. Don't get me wrong. Hugh Jackman's opening number was great, right? Have an opening number. Sure. Two three minutes. Don't have to be 80, 85 minutes. Yeah. Long. Yeah. But. Yeah, you're right in saying instead of like getting rid of all that little the little stuff they have and all the little entertainment bits and everything, they're they're now having and they're having a load of songs. I mean, mm. okay, like I'd rather have the categories in there than have all of the best songs performed. Yeah. Uh, so when I watch the Oscars, 
I want to fast forward. And in, in fact, in recent years, maybe I, I'm, I'm contributing to this uh, lack of viewership. I just like to watch, uh, like, you know, on, on YouTube, all of the, the speeches and stuff. Yeah. Like, I would <clears> rather <throat> them just go, and they're the winner. Okay, next one, uh, yeah. our nominees are, blah, blah, blah. They're the winner. It's We don't need to <laughs> yeah. feel like we're watching, like, a late night show from America with, with awards as well. We have that all the time. Yeah. We don't need like so and so celebrity making jokes. We don't need, you know, as much as the classic clips are there, like Will Ferrell and Jack Black doing the doing the Oscar speech, the music, the the music song and all. It's good, but I think I would rather have more. Not only that, Conrad. This is the thing that's annoyed me for years, and I know a lot of people in Hollywood are annoyed by this as well. Why is there no award for stuntmen? I I I continue to not understand why stunts aren't rewarded um, in any way. It doesn't make any sense to me. There's no good argument for it, apart from the fact no, that they not. just don't historically have it, so they're going to continue not having it, which... Well, Tom Cruise would win it every year. They yeah, wouldn't even give do. it to a stuntman. They wouldn't do. even give it to a stuntman or woman. They would he'd just give it to Tom Cruise. No, yeah, that'd be another another example of A-list celebrities stealing awards from from the, the working man, men and women of Hollywood. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's no good reason for that, but it just it, it does blow my mind that they don't just because I'm the same as you. I, I very rarely stay up to watch it. I catch mm-hmm. the highlights of the speeches and the winners on um, on YouTube or whatever, and that's normally enough for me because normally the speeches are a bit dry, and I don't need to you know sit through someone talking for ten minutes. But there's there's no way. If, if you're telling that I can't remember how many categories there are, I think it's like eighteen categories. Uh, that uh, you, there's no way that you couldn't get through that in three hours if you just cut down, like do five categories and then have a comedy mm-hmm. comedy skit. You just don't yeah. do one after every fucking cat- category. You know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. we don't need to see that much Steve Martin, guys. All right, don't like <laughs> yeah. or Alec Baldwin or whoever's doing it. Uh, uh, it won't be Alec Baldwin this year. Let's be honest. He's a uh, He's got his own problems to deal with. Um, right who, now. who 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 is the host of? The, is it? It's three is, is, women comedians, I think. I, yeah. I, see, I, this is actually something I was saying. I was saying to my wife as well. Actually, I hate that. I I don't understand. Like every time, I would I would be offended if I was a woman. Every time that they have a, a female uh, present uh, one of these shows, it's always two or three. It's always two oh, yeah. or three. Why can't they pick one no. and have her be the host? Like it's like they're like, oh, we're going to be really, really progressive. We're going to choose. We're going to choose a woman. Yeah, we're going to have women. Actually, actually, we're going to be so one, progressive. One can't we're going to not it. trust. We're not trusting one. <laughs> yeah, we're one. going to have three, just in case you get sick of her. Yeah. You know, I hate it. I hate it. Just have one woman. What's the What's wrong with one woman? Yeah. Well, they. So it's it's Amy Schumer. Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall. I don't know Wanda Sykes that well, but Regina Hall uh, is, is. Wanda Sykes is funny. Yeah, I, I don't know if yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen Wanda Sykes in anything. But I mean, I'm sure they'll be funny. They, they they seem they seem like good choices. But as you say, they don't trust it to be one. They're like, we'll pick a woman, but she's gonna need a little help. So let's. Uh... It's a, it, yeah, it sounds to me like they wanted to pick Amy Schumer, and then they realized, oh no, she's gonna get a load of a load of crap from the fact that she stole all those jokes back in the day. Uh, yeah. So now they're like sort of putting wanda sykes and stuff into to cushion the blow yeah, of that. this dark cloud follow, of, of plagiarism following her like oh no <laughs> We're, we've done a bad job of picking oscar hosts who have then been cancelled in one way or another and amy schumer's gonna be the next one um okay yep. so the reason that i wanted to 
ham-fistedly shoved some Oscar chats in here before we before we started uh, in earnest on Power of the Dog is because obviously Power of the Dog is nominated mm-hmm. for the Best Picture Oscar and is getting a lot of buzz. Uh, it might actually be considered the front runner of um, mm, interesting of the group. So have you? Ha- how many have you seen of of the um, of the Best Picture nominees? So it's um, Drive My Car. <laughs> Don't look up. Um, that Guillermo del Toro one. That I na- Nightmare Alley. Power of the Dog. Oh, I can't remember the names of the other ones. That's awful. But well, based on what you June. just said, at least two of them. You I've only June. seen Power of the. Do- oh, to June, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen three: June, Power of the Dog, and um, that other one. Uh, the the one you hated. Oh, don't, uh, look, don't up. look up. Yeah, yeah. No idea um, so I've it. seen at least three. Um, I'll tell you what, I've, in the past I've tried to watch all the nominees before it's happened, and I think I only succeeded on that like twice. I, I'm never probably not going to push myself, yeah. But, well, because the thing is, as Don't Look Up proves, whenever there's a list of Best Picture nominees, only about half of them are actually good films, and the rest of them, they're just like... Well, according to you, according the rest to you. Of, well, according to most people, <laughs> to be honest. Like, based on- Don't Look Up was very highly loved by many, many people, <laughs> especially our audience. Um, most people in the comments got around sided with me in that one. Well, no Having said that, I, I will say I again, again, I didn't love that film, <laughs> you know. But it's so funny. Like I, that was that was a good episode. That no was a good account, episode no podcast ever, guys. That's all I'm going to say there. I'm not listen. I'm not coming after you if you enjoyed that movie. Yeah. All I'm saying is, Adam McKay is a bad filmmaker <laughs> and shouldn't shouldn't be allowed well, to make films little, anymore. Little plug, guys. If you didn't hear that episode, go back and listen to it because Conrad had some hot takes on oh, okay. I don't even... It surprises me that because I didn't actually think they were that hot at the time. But then, you know, that, that episode came out and apparently they were scaldingly hot uh, according to, you know, the responses of people who, uh, well, in, yeah, our, the, in our audience. They were scaldingly hot... But but there's also another way of viewing them, and that's that they're wrong. But we're not getting into it. Go and uh, listen to that episode, guys. It is I'll, great. I'll direct you to the <laughs> opening uh, segment, I guess. I don't know. I don't know industry speak of this uh, podcast, which states that we are objective in our opinions here. So yeah. there's no way I could be. It's literally impossible that I could have been wrong about any of those. Um, but it's impossible that I could be wrong as well, which is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> it's really interesting. Therein time, lies the flaw <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with the format. Anyway... <laughs> Power of the Dog. I think this is yeah. of the, of the best picture nominees um, that I've seen thus far. I think this is one of the best ones. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, it is uh, a Jane Campion movie. Who I, I've not really seen much of her stuff before, but I, I've always like heard good things about the movies that she has directed. Mm-hmm. And she wrote this herself. She adapted it from a, a novel by a guy called Thomas Savage um, of the mm-hmm. same name, which I think was written in the sixties. And it's basically. It's sort of, I, I suppose, setting-wise, it, it evokes a kind of "there will be blood" kind of America, like it's very gothic, mm. uh, very beautifully presented, but somehow distant vision of the late American West. And it basically yeah. tells the story of a. I think she's widowed. I actually didn't catch whether she was widowed or just divorced. Um, they called her a suicide bride. Now I need to know what that means because I thought maybe she's widowed or maybe. Um, a man was knew he was going to die, or knew he was going to 
commit suicide and therefore married her so that her his son would be left to her i didn't mm. actually it was a very interesting dynamic there which mm. i just didn't know the history of the term or what was going on you know yeah i didn't even catch that term actually but so i think it's safe to say that her husband uh, or former husband is no longer in the picture for one reason or another she has a she has mm. a sort of young t- well he's not that young he's probably 16 17 at this point uh maybe actually a bit mm. older than that maybe he's sort of I think he's because he's going away to he's college. He's gone off to university, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, so he'll be like 18, 19. Um, but yeah. yeah, so Kirsten Dunst plays this this uh, widow or divorcee um, with with a, a a teenage son played by Cody Smith McPhee, who is wonderful in this movie. And she comes into contact with um, Jesse Plemons, who is amazing in everything that that he's in, and Benedict Cumberbatch, who are a pair of rancher brothers, um, who live out in this old this old kind of mansion mansion house uh where they they uh rustle horses and uh raise horses i don't think you rustle horses i don't know if that's the right <laughs> verb for that i think you rustle cats wrangle wrangle sure, wrangle 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 there's uh, i mean we can all agree <laughs> that there's there's plenty plenty of uh of hooting and tooting going on on this uh among the ranches <laughs> on this uh on this uh this ranch so she meets jesse plemons there's a there's a whirlwind romance and she goes to live with him and his incredibly vindictive uh manipulative but but sort of oddly i don't know no. if i'd call him charismatic i just i was gonna i was gonna say straight away anything you were going positive there i was like no, <laughs> I, no don't, there's, there's I don't there's agree definitely, there's a there's a power to him uh um, power of the dog quite possibly yes well let's get that <laughs> further um so okay the first thing i wanted to say about this movie is that i think you you need i I wanted to get your take on this i in my head after i finished watching it i was like that felt like there's two very distinct acts there's the first hour where essentially Mm -hmm. nothing happens like i mean that it's very slow in revealing what it's doing um and then there's a second uh, hour where Mm -hmm. it really reveals what it's actually about and that second hour is fantastic. I thought. Did you did you kind of feel the same way about that? Yeah, like obviously we're not going to get into the spoilers just yet. But I felt the first hour. I'm going to be honest, Conrad. I tried to do a Conrad. Uh, you know how in the past we've had uh, moments in films where you've just plotted the whole movie out uh, from just <laughs> yeah. like the opening or whatever. So I thought to myself, okay, this guy is clearly being painted as. Uh, hyper-masculine man who cannot deal with the world modernizing and moving on and being more progressive and and therefore to the point where he doesn't even shower he doesn't even he doesn't even bath in the mm. house he baths in a river uh, he's always dirty he's always smelly and he just doesn't want to progress and i thought this is a tale as old as time i've seen this a hundred times before it is what it is and i turned to Ema about 20 minutes and i said this i don't like this character i don't think from where it is, I'm going to be able to go on this journey with him to become more modern mm. and, and to, to accept the world changing. And I was like, so I, I said, already I'm judging this film. Now, as we'll get into later, it turned into something way different than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of, I sort of, um, you've seen Emma, haven't you? Yes. Uh, with, uh, yeah, yeah, um, with Anya Taylor-Joy. So, you know, in Emma, there's a moment where like at, at the, 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 without spoiling it, but there's a moment at like a picnic yeah. where she insults someone and it completely turns the film into something different for the second half. 
I don't know if there was a particular moment. There, obviously, there was a moment in this, but mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't like it wasn't one character saying something to another. It was just a moment where a reveal happens potentially, and that is the moment which changes the film a bit. Like Emma, how the whole se- second film is completely different, yeah. and I and I and I was so happy to see the change because mm. I, as I say, what they were telling in the first half before that reveal, I wasn't into it really. Yeah, no, I, I think I was exactly the same. I kind of I was almost reluctant to watch this to be honest because I. I and we'll talk about him in a second before we get into spoilers, but I was kind of looking mm-hmm. at the stills of Benedict Cumberbatch as this, like, rancher, and I was like, Benedict Cumberbatch is a cowboy. I'm not buying that at all. Like, you know, he's... That's he's, the thing, yeah. He's a fine actor, but I was like, I don't, I'm not... He looks a bit ridiculous, and if this is just going to be, oh, this very grim depiction of this... this a mother and her teenage son basically suffering the barbs of this horrible man as mm-hmm. they eke out a pretty brutal existence in the the sort of dying days of the American West that doesn't sound super appealing mm-hmm. and it kind of i suppose it kind of is that for the first hour as it as you yeah. it's essentially it, it you're you're living with these characters for most of that most of that first hour and and i think it's from from how I felt about it once the movie finished, I looked back at it and I thought that first hour really asks you to follow essentially three aspects of the movie that I think are kind of holding it up in that first hour. And that's uh, Ari Wagner's um, cinematography, which is beautiful. Um, there's a mm. lot of like very long lingering shots of uh, landscapes or, or, or the, or oh, the yeah. house. And it, it is stunning. The landscape sometimes for me felt like a miniature or something. Yeah. Like it, the way they were shot made them feel like a bit unreal in some way. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and it is beautiful, but I think there's going to be a lot of people out there who just find long still shots of landscapes or of, of, of mm-hmm. towns quite boring. And that's that's fair enough. I, but So I don't think you'll necessarily enjoy that. Johnny Greenwood's score, which is... I feel like Johnny mm-hmm. Greenwood is just always fucking great when he writes a score for for, for well yeah he also brings a little bit even though it was quite different but he as soon as you see his name in the credits for the score you think to yourself okay we're back in there will be blood territory here you know it's 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 not an accident they got him to do the score for me no i don't think so and you are right i think there is the i wouldn't describe it as like exactly the same kind of thing but it is there Mm -hmm. it is evocative um it is evocative of um, of, of the score that he did for There Will Be Blood in in uh, in 2008. Um, interestingly enough, actually, uh, talking about these, uh, um, Ari Wagner and, and Johnny Greenwood. So um, I think it's worth pointing out that Ari Wagner was specifically hired for this because Jane Campion wanted a female uh, cinematographer, um, which is just great to see. Not always nice to, mm-hmm. to get some female cinematographers. And um, a lot of uh, Wagner's cinematography in this was trying to evoke period photography that she had found in like books which i think she succeeded in oh, doing cool. and then yeah. the interesting thing about johnny greenwood that i read while while doing some research about this movie after seeing it is that um benedict cumberbatch's character phil phil yeah he's phil he plays the banjo in this in this movie and plays it very oh, well yeah, yeah. and um <laughs> This is kind of heartbreaking, to be honest. Benedict Cumberbatch, as part of the preparation for this role, learned to play the banjo, among other things. He learned to ride a horse. Um, He learned to... I've got a list here. Oh, yeah. So he learned to ride a horse. He learned to play a banjo. See if you can guess what the third thing he learned, actually, how to do is. You'll Um, you'll never guess it. Make a rope? 
Uh, he learned how to do that, but no, the third thing I had down was he learned how to castrate a bull uh, for this. Oh, of course. Which is, we'll come back to that in a second, because holy smokes, <laughs> I was not ready for that. But, the, so the, the point is that Benedict Cumberbatch learned how to play the banjo for the purposes of this performance, and uh, Johnny Greenwood listened to the performance of Benedict Cumberbatch, who must have put in a lot of time learning how to practice it and he said that's not good enough and he did his own banjo <laughs> which i felt i just imagine your benedict cumberbatch was like well that was a hundred hours wasted like learning oh how to God. play these uh, play these pieces of music but well i would imagine benedict cumberbatch is a type of actor who sort of felt like he wanted to do it to get into into the into the role anyway but yeah, yeah like i knew i knew the way they were cutting away from him playing that it wasn't him playing like it was pretty obvious to yeah. me um I will, I will say about Benedict Cumberbatch in this film, um, you know, I, 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 when I was in that first hour and I was thinking about that, about like the idea of him being this man who doesn't really fit in the modern world, I, I thought it was really ironic casting because for me, as you said, Benedict Cumberbatch did not fit this role. No. If it was, if it stayed the same as the first hour was portraying it as, as this sort of gruff, masculine man, and that's definitely how all the ranchers view him. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't fit that role for me, and I thought that was really interesting because it was like the idea is that he doesn't fit this modern world, and at the same time, the actor playing him doesn't fit the role, and it felt very mm. like you know square peg round hole situation for me, which which played in very well towards the end, you know. So uh, that was, I mean, that was the third aspect of that first hour that I was going to draw attention to and say mm-hmm. these are the three things the movie asks you to lean on. The third being Benedict Cumberbatch's performance. So going into it, then. I, I wasn't convinced going into it, but in that first hour, I I thought his performance was magnetic. Actually, I I thought he was, he he did a fantastic job of portraying this quite. Vi- he's not like I talk about that Sam Elliott quite. I think I know the bits he's talking about now. There's a lot of a lot of scenes of men bathing together in rivers and. I can I, I I maybe that's the bits he's talking about, but but well, in- Sam ha- Sam Elliott went as far as to say that he didn't enjoy the allusions to homosexuality. I don't know if it's allusions. Like we'll get. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That's 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 in quotes from oh, okay. Sam Elliott. Yeah, allusions is. Mm, so okay. there's 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 currently hopefully there's I think there's petitions going ongoing uh, to get someone to explain the 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 plot of this film to Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're not being alluded to. I'll tell you that much. They're quite explicit. Um, but okay so how did you feel that so I, I think you've you've alluded to it there in fact mm-hmm. that um so did the, the performance of Benedict Cumberbatch didn't really grab you in that first hour then no no I'm saying I felt that was an ironic positive right oh, okay, so right. I I I like I actually oh, Benedict Cumberbatch is great and everything I think I think I don't think I've ever seen him uh in a, in a role I didn't like now yeah. bearing that in mind this was a role where he was playing the worst person he's ever played, except for Dominic Dominic Cummings. Um, uh, so, apart from Dominic Cummings, this is the worst person I've ever seen him play. And I, I think, think he did a good Cummings. job of it. I'm trying to remember who that is now. You know the Brexit film? Dominic Cummings was like the oh, last I never watched of the that. I never watched that movie, but I didn't realise he was I, playing I, I, Dominic Cummings. Yeah, he is. And, wow. I, and to be honest with you, I have, pro- I have problems with that movie because I think that no matter what that film is portraying Dominic Cummings as like the silent genius behind the scenes, you know, and at the same, but I'm just like, no, this is just a bigot guy who, who said, let's use Facebook ads. Right. Um, uh, you know, he's not a genius. Um, so I, uh, you know, the, the, the trip during lockdowns told us all that where (laughs) he, uh, he had to go for a drive to test if his eyes worked, but uh, anyway, uh, we'll not get into that. Um, (laughs) uh, 
Yeah, yeah, to the castle, yeah. But no, no, I, I, I like Benedict Cumberbatch in this. I really okay. did. I just felt that. I just felt that the masculine, the sort of the like. I was trying to view him through the eyes of his ranches, and I just don't think he fit that role for me. Mm. But the role he was playing in the film, he fit very well through the eye of the audience. Yeah. Just when I was putting myself in the movie, in the film, I couldn't really see myself as a rancher viewing that man the say that way but the yeah. thing is as you watch on it becomes very obvious why that why that is because he's playing the character from the start that we see in the second half it's just we don't know who that character is yet you know that i think i i i think i see what you mean i i think there's for me in that first hour there's kind of like a vicious competency to him that i can see why the ranchers respect him like uh, uh, what yeah. i was talking when I, why I went back to that unfortunate sam elliott quote is that he's not hyper masculine man in like i guess what you think of the traditional sense you know the the mm-hmm. kind of uh, the the strong violent although I, I suppose there are hints that he's capable of violence um but he definitely has an aura about him um but i was totally on board with his his performance uh, that was the thing that really carried me through that 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 first hour i think so even in that first half you felt there was something sort of i'm not going to say positive but something that endeared you to this character because that wasn't say, there at all for me i don't know if i'd say endeared but i was definitely yeah. interested in seeing what's going on with yeah, him where, yeah where where he went um in a way that i wasn't with uh jesse plemons which i think is by design so before we get into spoilers i have a question for you here jesse plemons so i guess most people know jesse plemons as the son of a nazi who orchestrates the downfall of walter white in breaking bad that's That's it yeah that's i guess where most people know jesse plemons from and it uh blonde matt damon so, oh, I don't know if Matt Damon would be happy with that comparison, but I mean, he sells back when he was, no, back so when he him. back when he was younger. Jesse yeah, Plemons okay. has when, grown up yeah, a lot when now. he was younger. Yeah, he's filled out a little bit. Uh, has Jesse Plemons, and you know, <laughs> to be fair, who among us? You know, it's not me judging him. Um, I love Jesse Plemons. He is a wonderful actor. Is he? This is now. Here's a question for you, Yanthi. Is he the worst husband ever in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> because some of the he just fi- disappears. He disappears. He just Where's disappears he and leaves his very emotionally vulnerable wife, who has problems with with alcoholism, and he knows she has problems with alcoholism, and he leaves her alone for long periods of time with a bunch of ranchers who are on the side of his brother, who yeah. he knows hates her, and then on top of that, and I'm not going to get fully into spoilers now, but I just wanted to mention one thing. She, she she keeps te- like he gets fixated in this first hour on this dinner party with some local low level yeah, yeah, posh yeah. person the piano and he's like oh, I'd love for you to play the piano and she keeps saying I'm not very good like I don't know why the governor to- the governor the governor yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> and she keeps saying I'm not very good I don't really want to do this I'm a bit nervous he's like no 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 it'll be fine it'll be fine you can do it and then of course the the event comes and she totally freezes up and it's like. Why did you make you made this entire thing happen, Jesse Plemons? It's all I. I wanted her to divorce him. I wanted her to be a twice divorced woman by the end of this movie. Well, all I'll say is uh, this is not the first time we've ever seen these two together. So even though there was that distance between them, uh, Kirsten Dunst and uh, Jesse Plemons, I still was rooting for them. I still thought they made a good couple mm. because uh, back in Fargo season one, uh, in the TV series version of it, they were together. And I thought to myself, every few years, right? Every few years, you think to yourself, who's the new Bogey and Bacall? Is it is it Ryan Gosling and Emma yeah. Stone? You know, who would have thought 
that out of the shadows comes Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst. I didn't even know they were together <laughs> until after I saw this. I couldn't believe it. Like they're, I mean, they do a great job of um, of depicting their relationship as awful in a way that probably was quite <laughs> difficult for two people who are presumably very happily in love. Are they married? I don't think they're married. Um, I have no idea. But yes, yeah, so I think he's an awful partner and I, I love him in this because he's just so ineffectual when compared to Benedict Cumberbatch who is kind of ruthlessly efficient. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say one thing and I'm I, before we get into spoilers, there was a, an, an actor who was originally cast to play this role and it wasn't Jesse Plemons and I want to get your take on whether you think they would have been better or worse. And that actor do you was... Me, do you want me to guess? Go on, have a guess. <laughs> Oh, who's going to play Jesse Plemons? It's got to be Brad. Uh, no, it's got to be... Um, oh, not playing uh, Jesse Matt- Plemons, playing the character. In the- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, we've already said Matt Damon would surely play Jesse Plemons in a, in the biopic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually going to choose Matt Damon, but... Okay, so playing the character of George. Yes, George, um, that's it. Okay, so... Um, who could play George? Uh, I'm going to guess... Christian Bale. Oh, <laughs> in his ve- and, and he would completely transform for the role too. Yeah, his, he would, Dick, yeah. Dick, his Dick Cheney version of Christian Bale. Oh, mate, that would have been a wonderful. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> it wasn't uh, Christian Bale, surprisingly enough. It was in fact Paul Dano who was originally cast oh, for this, and he had really? to drop out to play the Riddler in The Batman. Um, well, I'm glad he did because Paul Dano would have brought a creepiness to this role that didn't need it. Oh. He, he is a creepy, creepy man. I love Paul Dano. Yeah. Uh, I love him very, very much, but he is at home playing, I assume, I haven't seen it yet, but the Riddler, and at yeah. home playing like his character from Prisoners, right? That's who he should yeah, be playing. Yeah, yeah. Do you say Dano? I've always thought it was Dano, but now I don't know. It probably is. I, I say Dano, but it's one of those things I've read it a lot of times, you know what I mean? I, I mean, the number of names that I hear other people pronounce in Hollywood, and I'm like, oh, I've been pronouncing that incorrectly for literally my entire life so let us know in the comments dano or dano where do you fall on on this yeah, on this I've, hot i have absolutely debate? no idea dano um, dano Dun-o. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yes that's who would have played him i agree i think jesse plemons brought a slightly more lo- i mean i've already said i think he's the worst husband ever but even with that in mind i think he's more lovable than paul dano would have been uh paul dano would have been this kind of like crooked spined man yeah, yeah. who's kind of like oh and and you know you're just play the piano yeah. play the piano it, like his, I, you know i i can imagine touch i can imagine kirsten's done rolling over next to jesse plemons in the morning saying oh paul's pulled out and jesse's like hang on i'll, I'll fill in for him <laughs> let me get the agent on the phone slides his dungarees on he's just like, yeah. I, 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 I imagine he already dresses like he dresses in this movie to be yeah. honest jesse plemons just strikes me as that kind of man um yeah. yeah so we got him instead okay right i'm gonna say spoilers now because there's some spoiler stuff yeah. i want to talk about so if you haven't seen this movie check out now maybe check back in at the end uh, when we talk about our, our rating for it but this is your warning mm-hmm. so yep. second hour it's sort of, I've described this, and it's a very, very overly simplistic description. I don't think tonally or in any way other than the kind of central romance does this comparison work. I've described it as kind of call me by your name meets there will be blood in that second hour. Um, and I'll explain what I mean by that in that... It sets up this core cast of characters. You've got Kirsten Dunst's character. You've got Cody Smith... Smith? No, Cody Smith McPhee, excuse me. Uh, Mm. And then you've got Phil, played by Bendit Cumberbatch, and George, who does kind of disappear from the movie, played by Jesse Plemons. Um, 
you've got these four characters who are intrinsic to the tone and the story, although there hasn't really been much of a story at that point. And you think that this... You, you, I think by the, the, the top of that second hour, you're kind of wondering how this mother and son are going to survive this environment because it's so oppressive and it's so unfriendly. And then it becomes apparent that Phil is a closet... I know, it's never actually said explicitly, but it's implied that he's like a closeted gay man, um, mm-hmm. or at the very least, like a bisexual man, someone who has feelings for men as well. Um, and that's revealed through um, a kind of den of um, male pornography that that um, I didn't actually write Cody Smith McPhee's character's name down, which Peter, is Peter Peter Gordon. Peter, that's it. So mm-hmm. Peter finds it in the woods, and then he sees Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, bathing while fantasizing about the old uh ranch head who he it's implied he had a romantic relationship with um, well i think mm, i think i i would push back on the word romantic to be honest with you i think that it's i think that it's i i i read some seedy undertones into that to oh, be did honest you with think you. it was abusive that relationship oh like very much very Okay. Very, yeah, I did, and I and then and then that informed the way I was viewing the relationship between the two men again, uh, and this in this instance, um, oh, so I, you I see him as kind of grooming Peter then as well as a kind of like hundred percent abuse. Ah, that's it. Hundred percent. That's that, that's really interesting because that's that wasn't my read of it. I can totally see that, but that's not that was not my read of it at all. So, from your point of view, then, so I'll, I'll very briefly say from my point of view. Mm-hmm. I saw this kind of wholesome romance developing between Peter and Phil, where I was like, oh, oh rather than um, rather than uh, this being an, uh, an adver- adversarial relationship, um, he's going to kind of soften Phil through um, uh, making him realise that he doesn't need to repress his 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 sexuality and it's going to be a slightly happier ending um and then obviously the ending happens and that's like a real sucker punch but from your point of view it must have been like <laughs> that's like you must have had the complete opposite read to me on that well i well i'm com- i am completely blown away by your read on that i honestly am i this i can't imagine viewing this film in a way that isn't hasn't got that implied you know, grooming aspect to it. I mm. honestly, I can't, I can't imagine this film any other way. Um, is it suggested that I, I, I haven't written down the name of the old rancher? He's got a crazy, he's got a very old rancher yeah, sounding yeah. name. It's like <laughs> yeah. Big Red or something. Yeah, Ross, Rusty McDaniel <laughs> yeah, or something, something like that. <laughs> but I don't think it's ever implied. Expli- at least I didn't notice that that um, Benedict Cumberbatch, that Phil has known him, knew him since he was a child or anything like that. Well, no, uh, but the thing is, like, he talks he talks about him as like a sort of a fatherly or d- sort of yeah, like a, a men- yeah, yeah. mentor figure. This happened. Bender Cumberbatch is a man who's at most forty. This happened twenty five years previous, mm. um, and and as well as that, he 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 talks about the 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 moments where they're up in the mountains together, and in order to have warmth, he brought his body next to him in in the in the in the sleeping bag mm. and 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 all of it just surrounded me with that with that feeling also the idea that um this man is the biggest bastard in the world the whole way through and and then all of a sudden he he um he realizes that peter peter finds his stash and finds out his secret and from that moment the very next scene 
it's flipped on it's the coin is flipped and he's he's bringing peter over to say hey peter have you ever made a rope before mm. and it's like he's it's from that point he is not sinister he is not calling out things he, he wasn't he's not he's not calling him a fairy which he was all the time as soon as he knows he's like okay now i have someone who i can focus on uh, i need to you know i and i the whole way through I viewed him as him as grooming him because he he for the first time in his life perhaps thought to himself I actually have a potential of actually enact you know acting out these sexual desires that I have mm. and then al- also the idea that he was making a rope the whole time I th- and he was talking about we'll make a rope and we'll go out into from the very beginning before he even knew Peter personally he was saying I'll take you out into the mountains it was on his mind from the start and he was making a rope and all i could think to myself was he's gonna hang him with that he's gonna he's gonna go out there he's gonna have his way with him and he's gonna hang him with that rope that's what i thought from the start of that relationship uh so i didn't get that about the rope i don't mm, i'd see i just viewed my read on that was that the reason he opened up was because he realized that peter was like it, there was reciprocal romantic relation uh, romantic feelings there so he opened up about himself and started to be started to be less defensive and less cynical because uh like his relationship with the the old ranch head um he found essentially a kindred spirit um someone that he could he could share himself with um uh, admittedly the age difference was troubling because that you know there's probably even between the actors i think it's about 20 years difference mm. um and i think the implied difference between the characters is probably even more than that um and that is a fair point about his the difference in age between ben, uh, between phil and cumberbatch's character and the the mm-hmm. old ranch head as well i don't know i just it never felt it never felt like it was saying it was abusive to me i i, I think it, the setup to me seemed to be that it was that that Jane Campion or or, uh, or Tom Savage, Tom Savage, Thomas Savage, who wrote the novel, wanted there to be this kind of tonal whiplash of it's really dark in the first half, and then it feels like mm-hmm. it maybe is heading towards a slightly lighter, uh, more optimistic conclusion in the second half. Still a very sexual one, and still it does definitely have that CD undertone that you've that you've identified there because there is that age difference and there is that power Mm -hmm. dynamic between them um but then it kind of whips the rug out from under you with that power dynamic by completely reversing it with the conclusion of the film where um where peter um essentially deliberately kills phil um by um getting him to make a rope for him out of the hide of a cow that has died of anthrax and infecting him um so that's I can totally see where you're coming from, though, actually, and I'd be fascinated to hear what other people say about that because mm. it really does alter, probably really does alter, like your entire perception of that second half. Well, maybe, maybe I should need to watch it again now, knowing what happens in the second half. Like, I don't know, just like I'm not gonna. Maybe the word predatory is too much, but I even felt like like when they went out to sort the big hay bale out, and it's very like sort of forcefully shows. Um, phil slamming a pole in and out of the ground while looking at peter um and it's just like really forceful and really sort of domineering Mm. i i honestly i couldn't get the aspect of grooming out of my mind i i thought that was happening the whole time and maybe because i i clung onto that i couldn't see what you're seeing but i honestly just i was very uneasy Mm. and and that's that's the change for me it didn't go romantic whatsoever (laughs) for me 
There was no uh, romance whatsoever. By the end of it, me. I was like, I hope these kids make it. <laughs> you no, know, was, really? Oh no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't quite as. Uh, that's that's me exaggerating for comic effect. I was. I was like, this relationship is more wholesome than I thought this movie was going to go with. And then obviously really? okay. they whip the rug out from underneath you with that ending. So, okay, well, well they See, go. that's actually... The rug was still ripped out of me, I will say, because yeah. I thought to myself, at that very last scene, whenever they were talking back and forth to each other, and there was that really sort of emotional, sort of maybe br- brushing on romantic, romantic scene, I, I'll admit that. But in that moment, I was watching that, thinking to myself, oh, no... He's got you, Peter. Mm. Oh no, you, this is the grooming complete. Um, and then it's like, oh no, Peter was in control the whole time. That's the rug ripped out for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's really interesting that it seems to work both ways. And yeah, like if you if you've if you've watched this movie, let us know in the comments what mm-hmm. you thought about it because that's that's fascinating that there's those two different mm. reads on it. Um, so th- the last thing I wanted to cover then is at that conclusion when Peter very deliberately murders Phil via a pretty calculated plan it Mm. kind of cements his position as a psychopath to me um (laughs) because there there are there's a there's a moment earlier in this movie and i kind of understand it but at the same time um it really stayed with me the moment where kirsten dunce finds a rabbit and um and it's and everyone's like oh you know it's lovely little rabbit like it's hopping around the house and oh shout out for thomas and mckenzie like a blink and you'll miss it cameo from her in this movie um she goes like there's kind of an implication that maybe she has a bit, yes, of, a, a bit of, an, a bit of an attraction to to peter as well they're about the same age yeah there is a little bit there and yeah. she goes up to his room to get him for dinner or something and she walks into his room and he has without saying anything <laughs> dissected the rabbit on on his well, uh he's training, he's training to be a doctor he is training to be a doctor but it is also <laughs> like holy shit peter like may, maybe things were different a hundred years ago or more than 100 years ago now probably 120 odd years ago but mm-hmm. i feel like that boy ain't right there's some problems <laughs> like in peter's <laughs> head um how do you feel that he is in a way I, well in fact i know what your answer to this is going to be because of the discussion we've just had but coming out of this i was like he seems like he might be worse than phil in a few years time um how how, mm. how do you feel about peter at the end of this movie no, I, I loved it. I, 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 he did it for his mum. He, like, he, he had did the, do it for his mom, he ha- that's true. He had the, he had the moment where he said, um, he didn't kill the rabbit for his mum. He did that for himself. That was for Peter. Well, he did. No, he did that for all of his future patients, mm. uh, and he'll be very good at his job. But he, he had the moment. Obviously, there's some something going on with his, his mind. He, very calculating. Very calculating. Mm. Very sort of able to to do it. Maybe there's a bit of psychopathy there. But he did do it for his mum because there was a moment where he said when his mum was. Um, really really drunk uh and he was like you know and she was trying to hide it or whatever and he was saying like you know you don't need to do this you know you don't you don't need to do this um i'm gonna make sure and he said something like i'm gonna make sure that you don't have to do this and that's the moment where he's decided he's going to uh kill phil yeah because and actually we didn't really talk about it but the 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 torment that phil puts um his mom through 
was really well done in this film. Yeah, I, th- very, I thought that it really believable. It, it had a theme tune. This bullying had a theme oh, tune, and that's what I loved about I, the, the, I, I, I didn't write down the piece of music now, and it, re- it really annoyed me. And uh, yes, another thing, that another detail that I haven't written down about this movie, but there's that fantastic scene where Kirsten Dunst is kind of clumsily practicing this piece of music that she's going to play mm-hmm. for this uh, this recital. And she's kind of struggling with it because she clearly hasn't played piano in a while. And then Phil just starts... Um, effortlessly plucking away at the same piece of music on his banjo upstairs. And it's this, like, it's just a fantastic moment of just this horrible cruelty in his character. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, it, and it, just, it, it just sums up their relationship with each other. And it, it was so wonderful. I loved that moment. But there's, there's, it's full of them. It really is full of them. It is, it is. Um, and I just, you know, I suppose I'll summarize this, right, with this film. The reason why I found the last reveal so cool is because it made the shift for me from, in my mind anyway, Phil grooming Peter. It shifted it to me to Peter seducing Phil mm. to kill him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could totally and, see that. I can totally see that. As, um, I, yeah. I think that's a. I think that's a very valid read on this. Um, maybe that. Maybe that's just me as an old romantic at heart slash potentially incredibly naive that I'm just like it's a lovely romance. <laughs> like not. Yeah, and not and interrogating also we it that, anymore. That, and Peter, even though he's very, very young, of course he is, you know, he still potentially seems like he's 18, 19. So potentially, just through his age, I'm viewing it in that in that lens. Whereas maybe if that same character and everything the same happened when he was 30, maybe I view it differently. Maybe I'm being swayed by that as well. Well, I, th- I think, so thoughts just come to me that I'll, I'll just end with. I, th- I think the thing that really sent me down that path was that Peter never really changes at any point in this movie he's kind of the same character at the end as he is at the beginning Mm -hmm. and it's phil who we see the transformation in um so i guess that's why i kind of had more time for phil because i was like oh he's you know he's learning to open up about about who he is and 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 what he feels and 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 he's spiteful and bitter because he can't be this way around other people but as mm-hmm. I say, I think I think both reads are are equally valid, and I, I look forward. Yeah, to Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I honestly thought we both have the same opinions. <laughs> that actually makes that's really that's really interesting. Yeah, I put I, I put it down as a rom com in my review, which now I now in retrospect seems uh, seems very misguided. I didn't that's actually. Really, do that. I I can't wait to see what people think. Like obviously, I maybe I'm reading in. I'm reading in like abuse into just a homosexual relationship, which is really paints me in a wrong light. <laughs> yeah. And you and you're reading and you, or maybe you're reading romance yeah. into a grooming just, relationship. Yeah. I I don't know which of those. One is of worse. us. One of us isn't coming yeah. off. See well, you later, though. folks. <laughs> one of us won't be back next week. Um, yeah. Okay. So final thoughts. Then uh, we've got we've got to give it a rating because that's that's what reviews do. Uh, so wh- where would this <laughs> land on your on your five five star scale? Okay, I've thought a lot about this actually. Go on. And my initial idea was to give it a four star. Cool. Uh, um, which you know is a high score. Let's be honest. It is. Um, it's the fourth. It's the second the, highest, in fact. It is the I second highest. The fourth but, highest, and therefore ruined the joke before I made it. But we'll carry on. But I don't. I don't know. I, I'm really to and a fro on it. I really am. I. I I'm thinking like. Hmm. If it, like I said this before, if it was out of ten, it'd probably be a seven. But the question is, do I go up or down? Yep. Do I go up or it's down? Always the question. All right. I'm gonna go up to four star. Okay. 
if someone says to me in the comments, if everyone says to me in the comments that I'm wrong and it's a romantic comedy or whatever it is called <laughs> meant to be, then I'll be t- changing that to a three. But it's oh, a four okay. for what I for what I. So you're you're crowdsourcing your review to be like, well, whatever the people say. Listen, put a bit of abuse in there. It adds an extra star for me, Conrad. You know me. Yep, that's I'm. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even going to touch that. I'm going to move on. With that. Um, I I gave it a four star as well. I was pretty. I was a bit more solid on it. I think than you. I I mm. got to the end of that and I was like, that was really good. I think those performances were excellent. Cinematography okay. was stunning. Score was brilliant. Like there were enough. Mm, I know yeah, yeah. the first hour asks a lot of you, and I think there are going to be people who are rightfully turned off by how little happens in that first hour. But if you make it through, yeah, I think yeah. it's got some. It's got some really good stuff to show you, whichever, however you read it. I agree. Okay, right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week on the Best Movie Podcast ever, um, which leaves us with one simple question to answer, as we always do, uh, and that is, Anthony, what's your favourite movie? My favourite movie is um, Pokemon, the movie, the first one. Watching a lot of Pokemon with my son these these days. Yeah? Who's his favourite Pokemon? Jeez, have a guess. Don't, Don't tell me he's a Pikachu. No, no, thank God, thank God, no. It, it is one of the obvious ones, though, Squirtle. And you know what's oh, funny no, about that? Come on now, hold on, Squirtle's not an obvious yeah. one. Like, I'll, I, I'm, I'll... One, he's one of the four obvious ones, come on. I, I thought to myself, I thought to myself today, I, well, I said to my, my, my son asked me, who's your favorite Pokemon? And then I thought to myself, I've never even, I don't know why, I, I've, I've played Pokemon cards oh. since I was a child. I've played the games. I've, I've never had a favorite Pokemon. You've got to get on I've that. Never, I've never had a favorite Pokemon, so until I have a favorite Pokemon, I'm just gonna say Ditto. Okay, I mean that's a good that's a good choice to be honest. Uh, Scyther and Hitmonlee for me every day, every day of the week. <laughs> Hitmonlee. Hitmonlee. I great. hate the po- I hate the Pokemon who have like bandages on them, and every one of them have the same yeah. bandages. Yeah, I yeah, hate it doesn't that. make any sense. But whatever. <laughs> like Hitmonlee is based on Bruce Lee, and he yeah, he yeah. kicks really hard, so that was enough for me. Um, yeah, uh, I think my favorite movie this week is There Will Be Blood. Uh, it's a good movie. Paul Thomas Anderson, good director, as it turns out. Um, And that is going to do it for us this week on the Best Movie Podcast ever. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for putting up with our absence last week. We'll try to limit those as much as possible. And thank you Mm -hmm. to... I just cracked my knuckles then. I don't know if that was going to get picked up on the recording. Oh, it will. Here they are. Um, Thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. You can find links to their stuff down in the description below. And thank you to you for joining us once again. Please consider subscribing if you haven't already. We are The Culture Cave on YouTube and we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. Uh, Get involved in the comments. In fact, definitely get involved in the comments for this. Let us know which side of that debate you fall on because... I might have, maybe I'm in the minority here. I'm fascinated to see which of us is cancelled uh, next week. Uh, give, us a, <laughs> give us a share, like. Uh, it really does help. And we will see you same time, same place next week. And cut. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>